0: How about now? Wow, just technical difficulties everywhere I go this evening. Thanks. Jesus.
1: We're late because I'm
0: having technical problems, and then we go on, and I'm having even worse technical problems. Nah. So, we'll try that again. Thanks for being here, y'all. Uh, we do not have Emery tonight. Emory's off doing something super important we're not going to talk about. But we do have T in the house. What's up, T?
2: What's happening, folks? How's Miss Amber doing, brother? She's doing good. She's doing good. Wearing me out on this this new chicken coop project we've got going on. So, keeping her occupied though. Building the Taj Mahal chicken coops currently. The Taj Mahal <laughs> <of>
0: chicken coops. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and since Emery's out of town, that means Sue's left his own devices. Uh it's up in an awful dark spot. Where are you at, Sue? Oh, now I'm, we I'm actually you. in. Oh, 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 oh. I'm actually,
3: I'm actually in Denver. No, I was on mute because I was trying to hear you, so I, I turned it off. <laughs> and we
0: have the man himself, the Fit Farmer, Mike Dixon, with us tonight. Mike, how you doing, man?
1: Doing well. How you guys doing?
0: We're fabulous. We're, this is like <laughs> average shows for us too, man. So you know, like this is kind of how they run. Uh, there we so go. For me, for me. So, guys, if you have questions for Mike tonight. You know typical thing hashtag fit farmer in the comment, and we will get to those towards the end. So, if you got any questions for them, put them in there. So, uh, so Mike, I haven't seen you since uh, Mountain Readiness. So, what have
1: you been up to, man? Oh man, it's it's always busy here on the farmstead. Oh man, <laughs> I've been a co- to a couple of other conferences since uh, since uh, the one in May, back in May, Mountain Readiness, and uh, just trying to keep things moving here and things growing here on the on the farmstead. And, and that's a full time damn job.
0: So for those that don't know, let's let's give them a little a little of your backstory. You had you had the, the American dream, right? The, the big house in town. You had uh, you know you, you were doing the, the, the job, to raise the family there, and then you guys decided to do something pretty damn radical and and change that. So let let's give them a little of the story
1: of of how you got to where you're sitting right now because it's pretty incredible, really. Oh man, who I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll basically, i basically I I grew up as a suburban city kid. Um, I didn't have any background in agriculture or growing things at all. Um, I grew up on a sad American diet, eating a lot of just sugar, processed food, McDonald's, Pop Tarts, Slim Jims, all that stuff. <laughs> cuisines. That that was that was me. That was that was me growing up. Uh, but I did enjoy being outside, and uh, I did enjoy sports. I was always into basketball and football and just enjoyed being outside. And uh, that kind of led me just to being in, interested into working out. And uh, I always admired Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jean-Claude Van Dam, watching their movies. And I'm like, man, I want to like those guys when I get older. I want to have, have muscles like those guys. So uh, I was I was playing high school football and then I was getting more into lifting weights and, and, and wanting to look like those guys. And I, I really, really just enjoyed being in the gym. I actually got to the point where I enjoyed being in the gym more than I actually like playing football at the time. And, and that kind of led me to to wanting to be a, a bodybuilder. And uh, actually, I still remember in high school, I had I had weight training class as part of one of my classes. And I was just so, I was so into it and I was researching everything. And, and the coach and I, we just kind of clashed. I was, I started skipping his class to go to Gold's gym to do my own workout because I was like, this guy, I don't know what he's doing, but I'm not doing what he's doing. So, <laughs> I still remember my mom saying, he called my mom. and was like, you're getting, he's getting ready to fail weight training class. He, he knows what he's doing, but he, he's got to at least come a little bit more so I can pass him. <laughs> I <still remember> that. <laughs> so Skipped it so much yeah miles?
3: yeah
0: <laughs> i'm gonna have to fail this kid in weight training
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who would have thought about a former bodybuilder it almost failed weight training class just because he didn't want to go <laughs> but he, <laughs> he went to gold's gym instead <laughs> oh so i ended up I being at the gym i just love being at the gym and there happened to be a uh, uh amateur bodybuilder at the he was the manager at the gym and i got to know him and he's the one that kind of gave me an introduction to just being a bodybuilder so i was just hooked on that scene and and come to find out as i'm 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 doing the workout but to get to the next level to be a bodybuilder it's more than just lifting weights you gotta you gotta eat the right you gotta have the right diet so i started getting on studying more about nutrition and then I actually uh, eventually became a personal trainer and yeah, bodybuilding thing, and I started competing and just seeing the results of how how your food plays an impact on your the way you look as well as the way you feel. Uh, I still remember as I was changing up my diet and I started getting rid of all the processed junk and and just started making the progression of eating natural, and then realizing, hey, natural isn't the way to go. I need to go organic and just cleaning it up. I started feeling better. I, I remember going through most of my probably from uh, uh, my youth on to early 20s, not being able to breathe out of both nostrils. And then when I started cleaning up my diet, I was like, oh, man, I'm able to start, start breathing out of both of them. And I remember asking my uh, now wife, but girlfriend back then, uh, "Was it is it abnormal for me to only go through my life only being able to breathe out of one nostril? And she's was like, that, yeah, that's kind of weird. That, that shouldn't be. <laughs> so. yeah they work as a pair you know (laughs) you got two for a reason
0: (laughs) yeah they're like socks you know you need them both
1: that's right (laughs) yeah who wants to walk around with just one leg if you can yeah right yeah So some of those things started opening up my eyes and uh, uh, my wife's eyes. We at the time she we were really into the gym together. We uh, it was hard for me to find a consistent workout partner that was a guy that everyone would just not stick with me. And then my, uh, my wife, we were just always together. I could always count her, her to be there. And I still remember her spot me. Uh, I was doing like I think maybe four fifty on the rack for 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 a set, and 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 guys were like, "You sure you don't need?" I was like, "No, I trust her better than anybody." So, anybody uh, was, here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was just uh, how our relations kind of evolved. And we were both just on the track together of, of eating better. And we eventually got married and then both of us were j- really just on the journey and going down the rabbit hole of, of, of food. And, and that is what led me to wanting to get into growing food. We were, we had bought our first house together in the city and uh, just outside of Charlotte and uh we were like i was like you know what i've never i've never had a garden i've never grown anything it's our first house together i want to grow some food so i remember trying to making i took out all the ornamental uh the holly bushes and the nandinas in the house that we bought i ripped all of them out of the front yard and I started growing things in there. So uh, I, was, I was the only weirdo in our neighborhood growing corn and tomatoes in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> so we I still remember we were trying to tell people how to get to our house. And you're like, you just go down and we're the house that has corn growing in the front yard. Yeah, right in front of the front door. <laughs> yeah, up the walkway, the planters. That's us, yeah. <laughs> so so because that is that's really how ultimately it was based on health is what really got me into growing food because i knew that to to know to 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 know what's really in your food you actually kind of know need to know the story behind how it's grown so i started we just started growing things right there in the city where we were and and i got hooked on it it was just it was just so empowering to to grow and produce your own food then to eat it and then share it with others it's just powerful Absolutely. But, you know, food
0: is a I hate to say it's a weapon, but it is because everybody needs it. And that's how it's always been used in the past. And it shouldn't be viewed that way. And then you look at some of the states and in in other countries around the world that are outlawing private gardening. The idea that you are not allowed to even produce your own food. So we know we can't hunt the king's deer without a permission slip. And so now we're not even allowed to grow our own food without a permission slip is, is where they're trying to go. Um, you know, and into the preparedness space, everybody talks about preparing and storing and having this much put up and whatever. and you know, if you've got years worth of food, that's great. But what I was always like to ask is, what are you going to eat on day three hundred and sixty-six? You know, that's where production comes in, which was the next step of what you guys did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just outright evil for anyone to try to take away the, the right of anybody to produce their own food and sustenance for them to live on and to survive. So, so yeah, I, uh, it's a basic right that every human being should have, bottom line, period. Yeah. So, yeah. That shouldn't even be discussed so, yeah, You know, I mean, that, that's... Yeah. We've right.
3: <laughs> yeah. that uh, so we, we yeah.
2: close to the same totally agree. We got close to the same type of a story there as as Mike and Lacey do as well. Um you know, we we started our garden there uh, outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Of course, that's the second largest city in Indiana and caught mad mad ridiculousness from the city for growing a garden within city limits. You know, even though it was a very large uh, lot, it was actually a double lot. Um, you know, we were, we were told that it was, it was farm. It was attracting varmints. So, uh, that's what prompted us to make our move, sell everything and move to North Carolina, uh, was that, that right there. And we were known as the weird ones too, Mike, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, those people's got, you know, gardens and stuff, grow, sheds and, you know, firewood, they have firewood, those people have firewood stacked in their backyard. You know, that was something that was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> and you lived yeah. live
0: in Indiana, where, where winter came every year. Like winter came every oh, yeah. year in Indiana,
2: but it's weird every year by the feet of snow, by the feet of snow,
0: <laughs> by the feet of snow. So,
1: so, so, Mike,
0: you guys, you guys made the decision at some point to say that that your that your food production. I'm guessing for what you're saying is that the Wanting wanting the ability to produce your own food at scale enough to feed yourself was kind of the impetus for you guys to, to start looking homestead directions, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's similar, it's similar to what T was saying. So as we were we started doing more and more of what we could on our city plot there, we got to the point where it was the, the seeds were starting to be planted in our minds that uh, maybe we need to, to move on, move somewhere else to, to do this. It got, we were starting to have children at this point, and it became even more on my mind that I wanted to make sure that we were providing them with the best food that I was able to. So as we were trying to grow more and and uh, having some weird neighbors on all sides of us, <laughs> and uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for us was I wanted to have chickens. I was in the bodybuilding, and I needed to get a pro, some protein sources in there. I was like, I want to raise some chickens. But then the city ordinances said no chickens, no chickens at all. And then we knew our neighbors, especially one of them in particular, who he was pretty pretty anal about about various things. He'd call and report people and he'd be on his roof of his house blowing his leaves off. There were too many leaves on there. He was just one of those neighbors. Um, I was like, you know what? I think we just need to do. We just need to sell everything and just move move out of the city and and just really start starting take this thing to the next level and start producing more and uh, get her, get our kids out of here. Cause we were also on a, um, a city road where traffic was going up and down. And I just wanted our kids to just be able to get out and to explore and to be kids and not have to be worried about getting ran over and things like that. So we ended up deciding uh, we didn't necessarily, we didn't have a budget. We didn't really have any, mu- that much money at all, but we, we came up with a plan that we were just, we we're just going to sell it all. We we're going to sell our house. Uh, pretty much sell everything that was in the house to make this happen. Uh, thankfully, we uh, there was some land that's uh, in our family that we were able to move on to. But we were like, I, how are we going to fund? What are we going to live in? How are we going to fund fund that? So with what we sold yeah. our house for, uh, we were able to come on Craigslist. And it just happened to be there was a used yurt on Craigslist for, for sale. And uh, we went up to visit to buy it. And looked at it, made them an offer, and they said, We'll take it. So we we, we picked up our yurt, was about two and a half hours, maybe from where we live now. Brought it and put it in the garage <laughs> of our house in the city until we were able to sell it all, sell out, sell our house and everything else, and set it up on this property. So that was uh that was our vehicle. And the yurt has been our vehicle. That's what we live in. It's a yurt, it's been our vehicle to 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 be able to have a place to live and and to continue and start our journey here now that we're in uh, the country we're in the rural area uh, living the dream of producing food and and uh, sharing life together and uh so from there so once we moved on should, to this property oh go ahead no i so said you guys are still living in new york today
0: like you're still living in one i think that's why it's cool <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's
1: what that's what i'm in right now it's uh it looks slightly different than when we started uh, it comes as a kit. We got our kit from uh, it was a specific yurt kit. Uh, we set it up. It had like the canvas siding. Yep. Uh, since then we've remodeled it and took off the canvas siding and we have hard siding now and um, T seen it. <laughs> so that's, that's what we live in now. We live here now for about nine years, uh, 700 square square feet. And we actually just bought our second yurt uh, last year. And we're looking to set that up here really soon. And uh, this one, it's, it's uh, six of us now here in 700 square feet. And our house in the city was 2,600 square feet. So almost 2,000 square feet difference that we've been able to make yeah. work. But you're getting <laughs> back, and, to And, it. and, and Sue, Bamber, so you know and yurt is, is, <laughs> Go ahead. Tell
2: them ahead. what it is.
0: Oh, I was just saying, I just want to make sure Sue knew what a yurt was. It's like a squashed teepee, Sue.
3: Just oh, I know what thing, I know yeah. what a yurt is I, I, I admire I admire Mike as a man who has uh, four ex wives. I wish I would have started that way. When I wouldn't have lost houses. I would just said, "Oh yeah, she can have the yurt." <laughs> <Or> the <team. laughs> that would been a better route. That would have been
2: a better route for sure. Nailed it. Yeah, much, much
3: easier to start over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but he's a, he's a lucky man, he's got a woman that wants to live in the yurt with him. That's, that's,
1: yeah. Amazing. that's amazing.
2: yeah,
3: yeah, there
1: yeah.
2: Amber and I were both over there. Um, what was that last Was the last week or the week before? I can't remember. I'm bleeding together, somewhere um, like that. <laughs> but we got to see. We got to see the extended yurt version. It's like it, it, there, there'll be yurts all over the place. You're not going to have a yard left here soon. It's just going to be yurts <laughs> all over the place with breezeways between them. It's like a, a little, little yurt. yurt yeah, it's going to be a yurt, yurt city.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yurts. I think, village, I think they call that a village,
2: They call that a village. <laughs> is that what that is? My That's bad. Really I, I was raised in a tent. I don't and really had- know what
3: that kind of stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <yeah. laughs>
0: You weren't raising no fancy yurt, you lived in a tent, yeah. Uh, I, a tent. I did think Your it was hilarious. Tent, how, <laughs> yeah. How, how T knew he was the weird neighbor where he was living, but Mike said that you that he had weird neighbors. <laughs> T knew he was the weird neighbor in his
2: neighborhood. I knew. We knew. I was like, yeah. We could we had a, a bunch of issues with neighbors, man. It, we had to move, not only just because we couldn't do chickens, they didn't like our gardens, but I'm pretty sure that Amber or I, pre- probably Amber was going to end up in prison if we stayed there too much longer. Uh, she was feuding with all the neighbors about parking spots, and it just it, it got out of hand. I was, I was sure she was going to be doing hard time. If I didn't get her out of the city, so we had to we had to pack up and go, man, or or she'd have been, you know, I'd been visiting her in the Gray Bar Motel. <laughs> that's, too
0: funny. that's too funny. So, so once you guys finally sold out, Mike, and 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 you've got the patch of dirt and you've got a yurt, um, that's far from a house <laughs> or, or a homestead for that matter. How many acres was it? What
1: kind of condition was the land that you had moved on to well the land is uh my wife's grandfather used to live here and on part of the property my uh father-in-law has run a masonry construction business for years but once her her grandfather had died no one lived on the side that we we're on and it was just an old trailer that was not livable had mowed all that in there so before i set the up. Uh, we had to, we had to demo that all down and clean everything up. So that, that was a process. It wasn't, it wasn't an overnight. We just popped the, popped the dirt up. So it it was some work. So, um, scrap, a lot of scrap metal, a lot of burning wood, a lot of just cleaning up. And, uh, and then, then once we got everything back to bare dirt, then we had to, uh, we ran into some, uh, there we go. We got a little screenshot there. Yeah. That's what it looks like now. But, um, to get it going, uh, some of the hurdles that we came across was uh, the city did not know how to deal with us as far as like uh, like building codes. And uh, so a lot of that took a lot I was, longer I than uh, wish we would have. Yeah. There it, were, there were mainly, no amendments
3: in Mongolia. Yeah, I was curious. There were no about amendments that. in the building code under <laughs> Mongolian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Mongolian. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it depends on the county. And um, our county just didn't, didn't know what to do with it. And it was like, there was hurdle after hurdle, little things here. They would say, you got to change. And it was just like doing whatever we could to accommodate them. Uh, But I learned a lot through that process. And uh, one of the things that I learned and we didn't find it out regretfully until the end of the process is we were self-funding it since we'd sold everything it funded. I didn't, there was no bank involved. If we would have known that, if we would have told them that, uh, er, up front, early on, it would have saved us a lot of headaches. So, anybody who's uh, maybe self funding something like like we did, I definitely recommend uh, letting them know early, early on that that you're doing that because uh, a lot of the things that they have to jump through, they're thinking about the bank in mind, and, mine, and uh, there was no bank involved. So, uh, wish we'd have known that. Soon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but we did. We got the yard up finally, so think- and then. Go ahead Yep. Yeah, go ahead
0: it's not no i was saying so after you got it up yeah you, you were you also conditioning land or or is this a kind of a focused project if we've got to get this out of here before we can progress anywhere else so that's all i was gonna ask
1: uh we dabbled with trying to start a, a little garden and that was a mistake um uh, i think especially if you're, you're 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 doing something like we d- were doing and there's not already a structure already really set up and ready to go for you in your housing situation i recommend don't even try to start gardening or growing anything until you get your living space situated first because it's not you're just too scattered brain and and just really get that that nailed down first To it doesn't have to be perfect but at least functional um I totally totally recommend yeah, that first. And I think even Joel South and talks about when you move on to the land, just to let it rest for that first year. And I think that's also important. He mentions that. So that way you can observe the land, see how the rain falls at different times of the year and you can see what would be a good spot to even put a garden to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Spend some time on it like you said Trey,
0: you get out for a while kind of as it were. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep yep so exactly and so once you guys had once you were comfortable and, and you had tried it on for a while and spent time cleaning up but i think the yurt's so cool and i was one i was going to ask you if, if the municipalities gave you guys so much grief about that um but it's cool to see a hard side of york because i'm looking behind you going he's got light switches on the
1: wall i'm like he can't still yep. be living in a yurt but yeah hard <laughs> side <of> yurt. So- <laughs> Yep, <laughs> that's yep. cool yeah I mean, that's awesome <laughs> With a yurt, you can go as as primitive as you want as or as luxurious as you want. So uh, somewhere in the middle, I guess we're on. I'm telling
3: you, man. I'm from no. Mike, I'm from, out, ahead, I'm from out west. Yeah, Mike, I'm from out west, and they uh they, they don't call that a yurt out uh, they call that a hogan on the Navajo Inner Reservation. So it's kind okay. Of, Kind of eight-sided, isn't it? I mean, uh, tell us tell us what makes What's the advantages of living in it? I mean, it's a pretty easy to heat and 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 uh, keep cool in the summertime, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's basically it's a circular structure. So one of the things people often ask us is about wind. And actually, since it's circular, it's more aerodynamic. So the wind doesn't necessarily affect us exactly how it would, like a trailer or something like that. So it just kind of, it, it's interesting how it just kind of blows around. Uh, but we can, we are more. I would say connected to, to to nature. You do hear the rain and and things like that more. Uh, animals outside, you do hear those a little bit more. So, which makes you connected. I still remember my first night spending here. It was kind of freaky. We heard the, there were so many frogs. I, I I have no idea how many frogs there were, and they were just so loud. I was like, "This is crazy. <laughs> this isn't like suburban area I'm from. This is loud." There's a story that Amber, Amber, have to tell you about
2: bullfrog sometime we will just leaving it at that though she's <laughs> on here i can't really talk about her much i see her piping on the chat here now and again but those loud bullfrogs
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh and oh and there was one night where we uh we heard what sounded like a, a woman getting beat in the woods getting abused so um oh, I was like, jesus you know, i got i gotta go see what's going on out there <laughs> she might need help. So I go out there and come to find out it was a fo- it was a fox doing a mating call. I was like, I'd never heard this before. This is crazy. <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to find out there. So the that That's why Mike needed that year. That's <laughs> why Mike needed
0: that year after he moved in before he started gardening because he was too afraid <laughs> to go out after dark. <laughs> Until he figured out what all of it was. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, I can write that one well off. But what the hell is that? What is that? Yeah. First year here, Amber would not. Uh, she would not go from the house to the car when it got dark without her M4. Yeah, for a year, for a year, she packed an M4 back and forth from the house to the car uh, with a flashlight. The whole thing, man. Uh, she was ready to go. I said, you know, you'll probably be okay. It's just bullfrog. She's like, no nope, M4. So that's what we did for our first year here. She's on a whole ways, though. Nine years, man. She's a country girl now. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, M4, M4, M4 flashlight. I mean, she was kitted. She was kitted out just to carry groceries in. <laughs>
0: Amber's
2: pulling security in the driveway, making tea, hustle groceries between the house and the car. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm carrying it, carrying all the bags of groceries in. She's got my six. <laughs> so Mike, we had that. I think we had this conversation before, but did you did you tell me, did you not tell me that you no longer even lift weights or work out at all anymore? Nope, and see, um, that makes I, me super upset because <laughs> you talk about 450-pound bench presses, you know, like it was nothing. And, and your arm still looks like the size of most people's legs, and you don't <laughs> work out at all. That, that's upsetting
1: me. I would say <laughs> I don't work out. Me. I don't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> right, so yeah, right. I, I probably stopped about... Maybe about five or six, maybe six years ago, somewhere in and out around there. It's so when I stopped going to the gym. I used to live there, um, and but now, now that what I say is, real work, real physical work is the original workout. So, before the yep. times of of people having being real idle, but when people really had to do a lot of physical labor, when most of the uh, the society was homesteading, you didn't see gyms around. They may they mainly yeah. are needed for a society that is is idle, or you're needing to train for a specific thing, whether you're training for uh, uh, some type of army or whatever or, or sporting. Uh, other than that, to get your exercise in, you just need to be physically active, and we ultimately just need to be fit for the life that we need to live. So we need to have an exercise or fitness level that matches our lifestyle, and if our lifestyle is very sedentary, then our fitness level will. Kind of match that, but the more active you are, the more all all the workout that I do now it comes from from being out on the farmstead. Whether it's splitting wood, whether it's carrying carrying hay bales, lifting hay bales, yeah, I, we I, I, this. I,
2: I, a cow, maybe chasing a cow. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you, man. <laughs> I'm standing next to Mike. Mike is not a. I'm not gonna say he's he he's not a super tall guy, no, but no. he can run with the best of them,
1: man. He can run. You're a runner. Yeah, I used to be a running back in high school. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I, we had, this, I don't we had this face
0: gonna, Go ahead. Mike, so, yeah. Mike and I
3: had this conversation in the pre-show, and I was telling about my sons, and they'd always come up to me and you know, I'm digging a fence post or 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 doing something out outside in the past year. And there's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and work out. And I'd always say, well, why don't you stay home and work in, you know, you can get yeah, just yeah. as tired. doing <laughs> yeah. But-
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I still remember in, uh, in, during high school and, and football, there, there would be the farm boys that would, that would come. And we'd be amazed at how strong they are We here. We're spending all this time in the gym and they would come not, not lifting any weights at the gym at all. And they would be so much stronger. And would just be like, wow. And that didn't hit me really until until we actually start, or have been living this lifestyle now. And then now I see my, uh, at the time, I think he was six years old. He picked up a 50-pound feed bag and just loaded it on the car. And I was like, wow, there's no way I would have been able to do that at his age. But it just shows that when you live in the lifestyle, those, those type of things come with it. You just build that strength within what you were doing on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, back so. when I was uh, an industrial electrician, my wife used to always tell me that I needed to go to the gym. And I was like, no, I don't. I, I go to work every day. I don't need to. She said it's not the same thing. And uh, and I'm like, look, if I pick up a 90-pound stick of rigid conduit, 4-inch diameter, 90 pounds, and I climb 16 stories with it, that's a workout. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yep. That's a workout, you know. So, yep. Yeah, Even you're right. By, it's, uh, it's all about
1: your, your life, how you live, you know. Yeah, even my brothers-in-law, who have work for my father-in-law, they've done masonry construction and just lift brick and block all day. We went to the Arnold Classic, and uh, yeah. they had the uh, like the, the hand grip strength test there, and they were able to close everything that pretty much the strong guys could do <laughs> with just their just the, the grip strength. They had this, the grip strength that matched theirs, and I was just like, wow, that's pretty impressive, but they're lifting all day long the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, picking up
0: that sixteen pound block. How many? Well, yep. hundred times a day.
1: That sixteen yep. pound you hand, you know. Yep. Yeah, some, yeah, some of them fifty yeah. and hundred pounds. So. Yeah. 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 Before <laughs> before
3: going to the army, I I worked the oil field, and they used those those roughnecks out there used to have. They would take the the vice grips and they would put a couple turns on them, and then they would have contests to see who could close the vice grip with the with the most tension on it. I've I've actually wow. seen them break the jaws off of ice grips. It's it's amazing how strong those guys wow. get. You know, wow. those tools over
1: <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So you can you could get you could get all that exercise without without going to the gym. Uh yeah. Yeah, design your life around that. So so how many acres exactly is that place right. you're
0: on?
1: We're at we're at 10 acres, uh, is our immediate property and we're leasing some across the street where we're running our our uh, pastured egg layers as well as turkeys this year and our goats. So uh, that's a number of acres across there. I actually don't know. I think it's like 70 acres or so, but we're just using a portion of it. So we, you could do a lot with, uh, with five, 10 and even 20 acres. Yeah. You're, you're a brave
0: man doing turkeys. We did this once. I'll never mess with them things again. <laughs> what was your
1: I mean, problem? Did you, they die they- on you early on? No, they destroyed the hood of my truck. They wouldn't stay off of my truck. Oh man! And and
0: neighbors too. Neighbors complained because they would go in the neighbors' yard and get on their cars. And let me tell you what: when a turkey scratches the paint <laughs> on your car, he scratches yeah. the paint on yeah. your car. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I finally lost it and just sold them out. And, uh, oh, and we man. had the this this like a like a '94 Honda Accord rolls up in my yard, and these four Mexican guys get out. And I'm looking, and I'm like, uh, "You, you got a cage?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "What are you gonna do?" And he's like, "And they had a two-hour drive to where they were going. Ooh. I knew where they were going. So he was gonna sit in a eight, in like a like a an '84 Honda Accord holding
1: a royal oh, palm man. turkey
0: that was enormous. He got to work out there for really sure because those way, are some man.
1: strong birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably got to work out so
0: so you're running you're running some church some chickens and some turkeys and some goats uh are are goats the biggest livestock you're doing on your homestead the
1: biggest livestock i would i'm doing i would say is chickens first uh duck second would be the, the two that i would say um we do chickens and ducks for eggs and meat and uh this year was really the year the first uh I take that back last year was the first year that we raised turkeys just for my family this year is the year that we opened it up to raising turkeys for other families as well so that's something we'll, we'll uh plan to increase for next year is growing um turkeys for uh for the holidays next year as well
0: that many people liked it
1: I yeah and, it and, and of course they they think uh they find out we have turkeys, and uh, I pretty much had I had them all sold. And they're like, "Oh, we want some turkeys." I was like, "I can't just pop out a turkey. I need to know ahead of time so I can actually raise them." So, <laughs> so we're we're having a waiting list going for next year. <laughs> yeah, they, with what, what kind of the back, man,
0: out there man. on
2: the media. Yeah, with what Lacey threw out there on the media, man, those things look phenomenal. You guys had for Thanksgiving. So that yeah. if that doesn't sell turkeys, nothing will.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're pretty pleased with how they turned out. Definitely a learning curve with turkeys. They they want to die at first. Um, and Chris, I don't know if you had yours do. in the fence or not, but we use a, electric fencing for ours, and they have we have had success with them staying in. But uh, but yeah, they're they could be no, uh, ours are ours there. are free range. They, Okay. They had a
0: coop. Uh, they cooped up with the chickens at night. They would go in there and coop with them. And then the rest of the day, it was free range. They could go wherever okay. they wanted. And uh, Okay. The turkeys were gentle. I'll give them that. The, yeah. daughter, we a hen that, you know, she was like seven years old. You'd look out the window, and she's got this turkey hen under her arm walking around the yard with it. She didn't care. And, um, <laughs> and the last picture we had of, of that hen turkey – She's sitting in a roasting pan on our dining room table a lot, you know, just you know, make <laughs> those chicken fit. You know?
3: so. no. <laughs> what are you looking for? Mel man. Me. Oh, she's looking for you. Hey, are So, oh, what do you? Hey, yeah, Mike, what do you use your yeah, goats sorry, for? Man, i I noticed, I noticed in your YouTube, um, Mike, you had some goats too. Where, are you just using them to clear some land or? or- what, what, what's uh, the, the main, main purpose of your goats?
1: The main purpose with our goats started out to be for milk. We bought uh, dairy goats, and uh, but we've also found and learned through the process of raising them that they've also we've also been utilizing them for clearing land and land maintenance as well. So uh, we do enjoy drinking milk. Uh, so <clears throat> in addition to the goats, we just uh, month a little over a month ago we got our first dairy cow. So that's been an interesting journey. Ah. <laughs> so yeah i've got one that of journey that i'm about to send a free i
0: got a i got a jersey <laughs> who just will not stay inside of a five acre pasture for nothing she tears fence down constantly and, oh man uh, so she's getting ready to go to free.
1: yeah, yeah. Ours is a i'm jersey. so sick she's of been- her <laughs> oh man <laughs> ours is jersey she's been all right we had a rough start but uh now we're, 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 she's my buddy now. So, uh, she stays in the fence and she gives us the milk willingly. So we got a, we got a good relationship going.
2: <laughs> Chris, Hell Chris a relationship. had a lot of issues it's with like, animals. It seems like
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, pigs. I've heard
2: stories about pigs, turkeys. Now it's yep. a Jersey cow yep. you're striking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, there
0: was a, there was a mass shooting of hogs in my place one day. um, and yeah, uh, the turkeys. But see, I, I don't bring any of these animals home. Uh. That's the secret. None of these animals. I'm the same. I like chickens. I don't. I
2: love
0: chickens. Tell them that you have PTSD. And I have. Even
2: Actually, yeah, Mel yeah. says, says she wants to try "Hand me a bunch of goats." She's trying to get me to take goats. I'm like, "No, no, I'm not doing <laughs> it. I'm not bringing goats in."
1: I I think, think that. No. Goats are the most difficult farm animal to raise. I would not recommend starting anywhere near no. there. Starting off, <laughs> chickens is the no, no, no. Chickens, yeah, chickens I, I, I try to follow raise
3: chickens and turkeys. Yeah, I try to follow all the homesteaders' advice and everything. But I'm like I'm like Chris. I don't have a hobby farm or I don't have a homestead. I have a zoo. And I don't bring the animals home. I'm just a <laughs> zoo keeper. And, and they're all named, have, yeah, nothing's going PTSD. in the freezer. No. Did yeah. you see? it's no. not like if, that
2: around here. I don't know if any of y'all saw the, the photo shoot that Amber did with the chickens and the and the rooster uh on Facebook, but it's <laughs> it's worth looking at to say the least. Oh my gosh. So she said, What are we gonna do with this rooster if he's mean? I said, well, we're gonna eat him. And she's like, oh, "No, no, you you can't eat, eat." I remember what his name is. He's got a name. They've all got names. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do at this point." So I feel, I feel what you're saying, Sue. Well, I'm in the same boat.
0: <laughs>
2: I told, I told Mel that I've got
0: PTSD from her bringing home, and that she's on restriction for a decade. She, if it's got a pulse, <laughs> she can't bring it to the house. <laughs> I, I, need a, I need a decade.
3: <laughs> I've got a, I've got a heifer. No at new my house. Piece. I can open the gate. I got I got a, a heifer, an Angus heifer. I can, She's in a halter. Her name's Dolly. I can open the gate. She follows me out, and then I just let her roam around the front yard and everything else. And everybody, all the neighbors, call and say one of your cows is out. And I was like, no, I let it out. You know, just <laughs> that that tame. You know, so if, uh,
1: yeah. I, I want her to come back,
3: I just. I get a little bit of sweet or sweet corn or, or, or sweet feed or, or grain in, in a bucket and I just shake the bucket and she comes running. So I don't have to worry about it. Okay. Now the other cows, the other cows aren't that way. No, no.
0: So, no.
3: But it's, it's no, fun. My wife's,
0: zoo. my wife's zookeeper. Uh, mine got out and i'm out there with uh, a bucket with just some dog food in it because i didn't feel like trying to go get corn way over in the barn <laughs> and trying to convince her to follow me back through the gate with a with the bucket a flashlight one hand and a 45 in the other because she is not nice like and she's still oh, got man. horns so she remembers that shit when she was little i roped her to treat you on know, a wormer and do stuff like that when she was a calf and uh i think yep. she remembers that and holds a grudge so i don't tell, oh, man. i don't mess with her a whole lot <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next time we'll be wrapping her well, in Mike, butcher's paper. That's the next time. You're in the face. Mike, you're doing a bunch of stuff now. Yes. Online classes now, aren't you? Uh,
1: we're trying to get into more. As I've got, well, <clears throat> let's see here. <laughs> Where do I even start with that? <laughs> We've gotten in more <laughs> into diversifying various things that we're doing here. Uh, when we when I first came here, uh, we had to figure out how how to make it all work. Uh, so I was still working off off the farmstead as a personal trainer. And I loved the gym at, at one point, And I had never foreseen myself going to do anything else. But it got to the point where I hated being there. I really enjoyed being here on the farmstead and, and really just wanted a different lifestyle. I felt like uh, my adrenals were were, were just burned out from the 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 high paced music constantly pumping in the background and being there at 12 to 14 hours a day in the gym setting. I was just, I was just burned out and done with it. So <clears throat> I was eventually able to start producing some income here on the farmstead. And, uh, and I had to figure out where to do that from. And that ultimately came from running a market garden where we were raising, uh, uh high rotation, um, small crops, uh, in our market garden space that we created, I found a mentor that I learned from that kind of helped me to speed up my learning and knowing what to grow and when to grow it and that was that was a tremendous uh a tremendous blessing to be able to do that and I highly recommend whatever you're trying to to do find a mentor to kind of help guide you in the direction to go who's successful in that area that helped me out a lot so I was able to have a market garden where we were selling garden produce that was our the focus that I s- decided to uh thing that I s- decided to focus on and that was able to generate income to where I was able to go from full time off the farmstead to part time to eventually able to be here full time on the farmstead. And then also around that wow. time is when I started doing the YouTube thing and uh, started making some revenue from that, too. So we're generating income at that time. It was the market garden and then, and then YouTube and we were also selling chicken eggs and things like that. Uh, as part of our, our Market Garden and we were running a CSA. And for those who don't know what a CSA is, uh, basically community, community supported agriculture, where it's basically a, a buyer's club for your farm. So we had members that we were providing produce to. They would prepay certain amount of months ahead of time and we would deliver them produce. Uh, we were doing uh, bi-monthly, but you could either choose uh, weekly, bi-monthly or monthly. I've seen farms do all of those and uh that was that was a that was a big deal to, to keep keep um keep cash flow coming in so and then over the years we've been able to diversify a little bit more with our youtube channel and trying to do more getting out to speaking at conferences and teaching at workshops and and uh also consultations and things like that um uh, we're doing as well so that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> That's a
2: good answer, man. That's a good answer. You guys,
1: you guys have put a lot of work and effort, and and
2: then and of course you work. You know, you speak at Homesteaders of America and multiple platforms, including including Mountain Readiness and stuff like that. So, I mean, um, you guys that all the work and effort. It, it was funny we were talking when we were over at your house. Um, you know, everyone just sees the here and now. And it, the backstory, though all the hard work and, and hours and and sleepless nights and you know fighting the elements, fighting fighting Mother Nature, and all these things that go into where you're at now, man. It's commendable. Love love hearing it.
1: Appreciate that because there were times that I wanted to quit. Be hundred percent honest with you. Uh, there, you, we oftentimes no we over romanticize what it's going to be like and then you're, you're you're faced with the learning experiences of problems and it tests you it really did test us we had animals especially chickens early on raccoons hawks owls they were devouring there for them for a short period of time until we figured we had to learn we had to learn different things uh we had problem after problem and, and it'll test you it tests you uh individually spiritually mentally relationally uh so yeah so yeah, tell us. Tell easy. us about your
3: relationship with my with my wife. I did this big garden for her, and I, I find out, and I give her a pack of seeds, and she comes back like five minutes later, and says, "Okay, give me another pack." I said, "How do you how do you sow those?" Like, she, I said, "Did you ever garden before?" And she goes, "Yeah, you." My grandma. I said, "Well, show me where you planted those those radishes." And she had she had a row about that long with a whole pack of whole radishes. Oh radish man! I was like,
1: <laughs> oh man! I was like, let me get.
3: You didn't, you didn't ever, you didn't ever sow the garden with your grandma, did you? She goes, well, no, no. And, then, and then a couple months later, a couple of months later, you know, she's a little, oh, our, our great, our garden's looking great. Look how green it is. I said, those are weeds. You haven't been out there <laughs> in the garden. Well, that was a little stressful on my relationship with my wife
1: and Gordon. Did you,
3: did you run across the same thing with your wife or?
1: Let's see. Mine was different. She she had somewhat of a similar experience with her uh, her grandparents. Uh, She talked about the same thing that she grew up having to garden and all this, but they were the ones that did most of the things. So she was familiar with it. She was probably more familiar with like the canning side of being hands on, but not as much with the hands on in the garden. So uh, but we we all we all have learned a lot along the way. Uh, and figuring out your different roles and things too, and 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 strengths to complement different areas, it's, it's a learning curve as well. I'm sure T's kind of gone through some of that a little bit too. <laughs> Just figuring out who now, does what, and when, and and who's responsible. You know, for but I, I will what. say, you know,
2: Lacey though she's hardcore. You know, and Amber <laughs> is too. Both what our wives are are, they're tough they're tough you know Lacey running heavy equipment and stuff like that i love seeing you know she's out there with the bobcat and moving trees around and stuff i mean it's it's impressive it's impressive so i think we lucked out though mike we we've got some of the some of the best women there are out there they uh they're not afraid to jump in and get dirty and and uh fight fight the elements with us you know so we actually just got home this evening and of course you know it was it was dark at 5:30 the usual evening and uh amber out there in the in the in the dark i'm like where is amber at she's outside cleaning chicken coop and you know doing all
1: this <laughs> stuff you know it's,
2: it's it's her happy place so you know it's it's a win win yep. situation
1: that's that's right that's right yep i totally agree with you totally agree with you cuz she my wife does things that i don't necessarily want to do and and vice versa. We just kind of fill in the gaps. Like even with the cow, I, I don't necessarily want to be the one down there milking and I'd enjoy the milk and we all enjoy the milk, but I'd rather be the one handling it do more like the physical stuff. And She could be the one making cheese and all that stuff. I'll be the one out there moving chickens and animals around and do all the different things we do. I'll go out there and be the one working physically in the garden and sweating all day or whatever. And if she could just be the one making the food, which she's great at, I am not. So we're just finding that balance and, and what works is important. Right?
2: You know, it's the same. It's the same here. It's the same here because Amber, she loves. She won't. She doesn't. She's gonna get mad because I'm gonna tell on her. Amber <laughs> loves to cook. She tries to act like she doesn't. She loves it, and there's nothing wrong with that because I love to eat, and so it's <laughs> a perfect union of the two. There, there we go. <laughs>
3: so,
2: well, we I know go. Chris. It looks like disappeared on us uh, for the time being, but. uh Can we get some of these questions thrown up here for Mike? I know some of them has been highlighted. Do we have any questions there? We can throw Mike's way. So there we go. Mike, do you think your breathing issue was caused by inflammation due to the processed foods?
1: I totally do. I totally do. I think it was, um, (laughs) inflammatory foods, primarily sugars. That was causing it. It could have been some other things, other junks, and things that I probably can't even pronounce, ingredients wise. But I totally feel that it was that because once I cleaned it up, cleaned up the diet, uh, those those things uh, went went away. A lot of things went away.
2: You know, and I can attest to that. We, I may I may I backslide just a little bit now and again. I have this horrible addiction to ice cream. I'm not going to lie. I love ice cream and we we've stayed away from it for quite some time and then here here a few weeks ago i was like man i'd like to have some ice cream i'm just just gonna have a little bit we ate it in the evening and uh we laid down i thought i was gonna have a heart attack i'm not even kidding you i didn't know a bowl of ice cream would do that to you but your body gets more and more sensitive you know to to poisons and toxins and just that one bowl of ice cream i was about to stroke out right there in the bed
1: yep 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 oh another one that comes to mind is i still remember the day that i quit having sodas i grew up eating drinking um Sprite, seven ups pepsis cokes multiple times a day multiple times a day and uh one day i just i still remember i was in florida i think fort lauderdale to the chinese buffet and i just man i just drank as much soda as i wanted down while i was at that buffet and my back was killing me like it was like my kidneys were about to explode. I'd have, I had uh, hints of that when I would drink soda before that, but that time really, and it it hit, it was, it hurt so bad. I had to tell my friend who was riding in the car with me. I was like, you got to drive back home. My back just hurt too bad. But for me, that was my, opened my eyes up to, um, if I'm hurting like this, I don't need to be drinking that crap. No,
3: hundred
1: percent. If you can clean batteries with it, you probably shouldn't ingest it. So, (laughs) uh,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky all my all my kids don't drink soda and uh, I've I've gotten away from gotten away from it completely. Same here. I, I, did, I did have the same issue of breathing uh having a hard time breathing through both nostrils but uh that's because when I was younger I had a very short boxing career. I sucked at uh. it
1: so <laughs> I think I had <laughs> Yeah, that, I went doesn't about zero. that doesn't help either. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I went about zero and six. And I was like, uh, I better I better do something else besides boxing. Very good
2: so there, uh, there's the lovely Amber Tombs. Mike, are y'all able to grow year-round? I'm thinking of trying next year. Now I saw, are you guys doing year-round production now? Food production?
1: Yes, we can. Um, maybe not necessarily to the extent like places like Florida can. But we can grow things like greens year-round, arugula, uh, radishes, a lot of different lettuces, especially if you're doing things like low tunnels or greenhouses. It doesn't even have to be heated here. We you, we can grow those things year-round here. Now, you can't necessarily – it's a lot harder unless you have a heated greenhouse to grow something like tomatoes or something like that. But a lot of the greens here, we totally can. Uh, we're in zone 7B, I believe is what they have it listed as. I know some of them have changed recently, but – Um, yeah, we totally can grow a lot.
3: Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's – and then you do a lot of microgreen production as well.
1: Yep. Everybody can grow microgreens.
2: Now, I mean, how do you get started with that? What's the best way to go about that? I know Amber, she's got into it. We started doing some of that stuff. For the people out there listening to this, how how do you get started with that? Because that's a great – Man, talk about a lot of, there we go. Have the microgreens been profitable? What are the benefits?
1: Microgreens is one that it could be something that you just consume for yourself or it can become a business. I know people who've who've run microgreen businesses out of their garage. Uh, The key to is finding a a place where you can buy bulk seed where uh, where it's cost effective. There's a number of companies that you can do that with. Uh, But you don't want to buy them by the pack. You want to buy them in bulk because uh, those are ones that you're going you're gonna to sow them like uh, Sue was talking about, his wife did, with the, with the radish seeds. That you want to do with microgreens. You don't want to do that in a garden space where you're trying to get an actual radish. But for the radish microgreens, you can grow them like that. And basically, for those who don't know what microgreen is, it, it's basically a, a plant start. It, the seed will sprout, and then it'll become a start where it has like its truly uh, first leaves on it. And then you're going to cut those leaves and harvest them when they're just a couple inches tall and uh there you have your microgreens uh you can sell them to restaurants uh, a lot of um you can put them on salads, sandwiches i uh, enjoy them on tacos all kind of different dishes uh, a lot of them have some of them have different flavor like your your radishes will have like more of like a peppery flavor then you have your your uh sunflowers and other ones that just have different flavors to complement different dishes and they also add to the aesthetics of a plate that's that now
2: now, when you said you can sow it just like with the radishes, there is a limitation to that because we got a little seed heavy on one of our trays. It reminded me of a chia pet. That's what it kind of looked like. I mean, that thing yeah. was just so covered yep. up, I, you couldn't even, I think it was killing itself off because there was just so many seeds in it. Maybe yep. overdo it just a hair.
1: <laughs> it, you, you want to sow it dense, but you do want to make sure that it's spread out to where they can actually grow. They shouldn't necessarily be be a, a heap mound on top of each other. You just spread them out within the tray. Uh, and and for somebody who wants to get started on the real treat, you can just get you like a little rotisserie the thing the, the container that the rotisserie chickens come in at the grocery store. Once you've eaten the chicken, clean that out. Put you some soil down at the bottom. Put your microgreens in there, and then you have just a, a tiny instant greenhouse that you can grow microgreens in pretty pretty easy.
2: Awesome. And there's the man Chris back.
0: Fine. Sorry guys. I have internet, you know. Anyone who's been around a while knows me and technology have a love-hate relationship. It loves to freaking hate me. So but uh I can see we kept it rolling, so that's 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 good. So huh. A little annoying. Let's see. So don't wait on me. You guys keep going. I'll catch
2: up. Well, was, well, I'll go ahead and read it then. Fit farmer for each of you. What is your opinion? The most valuable skill the younger generation should learn during the coming year.
1: Uh, I, Silence
2: would be a good one.
1: <laughs> that yeah, that wouldn't be a bad one. I would. Uh, uh, the first one that comes to my mind is a good work ethic. I think so many not. people have a poor ethic, work ethic. It doesn't even matter if you're on a farmstead or not. Just learning how to good, have a good work ethic and do things besides pushing a button on and playing video games, but actually having the discipline to, to work and do something and, and learn the character that, that develops through that, I think is extremely important and it's something that is, is we're in real big trouble with in our country. 100%.
2: No, you know,
1: it's I remember uh, as a young young and
2: uh, I didn't ha- hang out with people my age. I always hung out with the older the older crowd. And uh, you learn a whole lot that way. Of course, we were all homeschooled as well. And it was just part of the part of the deal. We were always exposed to adults all the time. So um you know, that's a that's a great way. Here's another one. Mike, what are you teaching at Mountain Readiness? Will you be participating in the chicken processing? Sounds like Amber is putting you on the spot. To be completely honest. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, I plan to participate and help be hands on with helping with the chicken processing. And I uh, just decided this week that I think one of the, the presentations I'd like to do at Mountain Readiness is um, how to start a homestead with zero or little money. I think uh, a lot of people were in that boat and uh we had to go through that and learn through that so i plan to share what we've learned through it and hopefully it'll help others as well out as well yeah
2: yeah that'd be that will be a great great class right there so what is a market garden like a veggie stand which is mr gomez mr will had to had to ask <laughs> i
1: would say uh, a market garden is basically a garden that is designated to sell produce to some type of customer so uh, a a veggie stand would be slightly different than that a veggie stand would actually be where you would have set up for that market garden produce to go into but basically the market garden all uh, the produce in that is designated to be sold for profit and you do it like a buyer's club you said right We've do it as a buyers club. We've sold to restaurants. We also sell to a small grocery store. It's hard to get into the the, the main commercial grocery stores, but like your, your smaller mom and pop grocery stores, your your local grocery stores are uh, so much easier to get into. And and hopefully there, I'd love to see more of those where they actually support local local businesses and local farmers. That's so needed. Yeah, not to mention the whole eat local
0: thing, you know. It's better to eat the food that's grown near where you live or in the area you live as opposed to being imported from South America, you know, and exactly. train cars full of gas. So yeah, exactly, definitely better. Exactly. Guys, I can't see the uh, comment, or the, the starred com- comment, so I'm going to let you keep rolling. So that's a
2: pretty good. one, Mike, yeah, what do you think is the most toxic store product or uh, produce do uh, modern farming methods, Andrew. Uh,
1: well, a lot of things from, from the research that I said I've have looked into is a lot of um, the, the produce that doesn't have like a, a thicker outer coating on uh, those. The ones like I'm thinking of strawberries pop right in my mind. Those ones absorb the, the, the toxins and the, the pesticides and all that so much easier because they don't have that outer layer protecting them. So, I'm thinking of something like uh, um, a pineapple or something that has a harder edge on it. it, it, it when they're sprayed, uh, they have a, a more protective layer to keep those, those, uh, those toxins out. But some of those other things, they absorb them so much easier. Uh, as far as a singular produce, I, I would just say, be thinking of things that are going to absorb those toxins the most easiest. So if they are conventionally grown, it's going to be the the ones that have a, a thin skin and those are the root crops, things that are just absorbing the toxins. Uh, if you can try to not to buy those items, particularly, I would start with those, anything that could absorb those easily. Uh, if you can't get organic, but Though that would be my answer to that I hope that sounded clear, but you just kind of have to think about how that plant is absorbing things. So that would be the more, more likelihood of it containing the toxins and the, the, the pesticides and things like that.
2: We got Christy Renee says, Mike, I love the idea of a CSA. It's smart and good for all involved. I will say something on the uh toxins and sprays and chemicals we've the further we we delve into this ourselves, um, Amber bought some some uh, lettuce, spring lettuce, you know, spring salad mix, and um, we uh, she washed it three times with vinegar even, and I couldn't eat it. I could not eat it. It tasted like it, it tasted like chemicals. I don't. We we washed three times. I could not. I couldn't hack just a single bite of this stuff. It it, it blew my mind how how. It's amazing um, what the human body can get used to as far as abuse. You know, the yeah. abuse that you can get used to, the human body can get used to and still function. Maybe not function at the level it should, but still function because, man, it's 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 bad. This stuff, uh, just like we said with the sodas and stuff like that, the, the more we get into it, the, the, the more sensitive our bodies get just to the taste, the smells. You know, all that kind of stuff like that. It looks like we're at the end of it, Chris. Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up, guys.
0: Uh, Mike, thanks for being here, man. Sorry for my difficulties on my side, but I know everything kept running smoothly, even I'm not around, because it ain't all about me. It's about everybody here, so. Um, let me get. I haven't caught up with my notes yet. I've been trying so hard to get this damn thing working. So, so, thanks for having me
1: on, Chris. I do want to say that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, and you're going to be at Mountain Readiness, so you guys come on out in May and and uh, you'll be able to see him in person. Um, make sure you guys also follow Mike on all his social stuff and uh, Mike, where can they just give him a quick roll of where they can get, find you guys at?
1: Uh, you can find me on YouTube, the fit farmer on YouTube, as well as Instagram, Twitter, and all those other things. But uh, you can primarily follow along our, our fun adventures here on the farmstead on YouTube. Make sure you check that out.
0: Now, let me ask you for your market garden or your market farm. Excuse me. Are you doing any shipping, or is it just local right now? Just local. I prefer not to get into the shipping stuff. Yeah. I just want to ask, because I'm sure somebody else is probably thinking, it, so I wanted to ask on their behalf. So, so again, Mike, thanks for being here, man. We will see you in May for sure, because we'll definitely be there. Um, And for everybody else, next week we have the man himself, Duke Fontaine, on the show. Just be me and Duke, so we can have a conversation. I will be somewhere if I have to go to NASA to get better freaking internet by Wednesday I'll have <laughs> solid. Oh, actually I know it will because I know where we're gonna be and I know they got fabulous internet. So we're gonna be off celebrating Mel's birthday, but in a place with super high speed internet. Um so you definitely want to tune in for that to, to you know hear a conversation between me and Duke and answer some of y'all's questions. So um T you got anything you want to close out with, man?
2: just uh appreciate you mike you know you've been a you've been a godsend to uh amber and i you and lacy saw so you guys are the salt of the earth we love you dearly and uh can't thank you enough for looking forward to mount readiness and you guys with daniel salatin the, the texas boys uh honeystead i mean it's gonna it's gonna be awesome
1: looking forward to it t
3: so what do you got man well, I was I was noticing over here in the comments section that somebody is criticizing my beard. They're saying go to Chris and T for beard growing lessons. Oh, so I need some next of that episode, too. I will I will be clean I will be clean shaven because it's a crime to hide this sexiness. Uh, this, this <laughs> I'm very I'm very sensitive. I was S.F., uh, if- you know sensitive. S- SF stands for sensitive feelings. That hurt. <laughs> yes, it does.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> does. And guys, don't forget we'll be on Rumble after this for the after show for a little while, so where we can be a little looser and we have a little fun. So you guys check us yeah, out over there. I'm gonna, and if not, I'm
3: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn everything I can about that yurt because I love the idea. So
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat Rumble. you up, Mike. There we go. All it. right, we're gonna be talking yurts. We're gonna be talking yurts, guys. So.
2: Talking yurts, y'all.
0: So, uh, till next week, you guys know the drill be good or be good at it, and we will catch you next time or on Rumble. Those of you
3: who are viewing this podcast, you're in luck. Three of these ugly men have grown beards. Haven't had enough yet? Stick around for the after show. Bolder, grittier, angrier. On the Rocks with Angry American and the Gang is coming up next.